You're listening to DevOps and Docker Talk, a podcast hosted by me, Brett Fisher. I'm a DevOps online course creator, consultant, and a Docker captain. This podcast contains clips from my weekly YouTube live show, where I host a real-time Ask Me Anything style chat with guests and anyone who shows up on YouTube chat, many of whom are students of my Docker courses. You can find out more information, including show notes for this episode at brettfisher.com slash podcast. That's B-R-E-T-F-I-S-H-E-R dot com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I'm live from DockerCon in San Francisco with Docker captains Nermal Mehta and Nils DeMore breaking down all the announcements, our favorite sessions, and taking questions from the online audience. Hello, and who are you? Uh, hi, Brett. Thanks for having me on the uh, live show at DockerCon. I'm Nermal Mehta. I'm a Docker captain. Uh, live in Durham, North Carolina, and super happy to be with you again yep. in the second week. Yeah. I he did. did. He did. He told them who he was. <laughs> and I'm Nils, uh, also like third or fourth time now. Yeah, at least. I've been on your channel, you've been on my yeah. channel. So we do this thing. Um, from Belgium, uh, run the meetup there, uh, longtime Docker user. Um, so, yeah. Yes, WordPress Docker right. expert. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to cut down on that. So You're trying to cut down on the WordPress? Let's not mention the WordPress. Okay, today. sorry, sorry. If you have WordPress cr- questions, uh, we not will take me. them, but he won't answer them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, all right, so we've got lots of people behind us. People are in session right now. It's uh, the morning sessions. This is actually the repeat day. So at DockerCon, if you do really well and you get voted top 10 or 15, you get to do it all again and repeat how, your How effort. do you vote, by the way, through the app? In the app, in yeah. The app, yeah. yeah. People, and I always forget to ask people to do it. So, yeah. That's why you're here podcasting and not <laughs> yes. giving your talk. So, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's one of the coolest things about DockerCon that they do this repeat day. Yeah. I've seen it now at other conferences, but I think it might have started here. I think I'm, we were trendsetters. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. But well, that's that's Ashley like and it. Jenny and all the yeah, other people. It, yeah. You know, you can't always get to every talk. And now you get to Yeah. And you work. don't always know which are the best ones before you're looking at them, right? Correct. So yeah. the, the best ones get voted up and you know, it's the the cream rises to the top and then on Thursday you get the best of the best and I I definitely rated your talk 5 stars. Oh. But Thank you. apparently that wasn't enough. <laughs> One person giving me five stars did not make it into the cut. <laughs> but you were also last on the last day, so yes. kind of oh, yeah. have a disadvantage of yeah. time. Maybe, or, maybe, and maybe I didn't take time for questions, so I didn't give people a chance. Like I just we rushed out of the room. Yeah. I talked on Docker for Node.js, so it was all. No- I'm assuming all Node.js people in the room, so obviously that limits your audience to just one programming language. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. Um, All these sessions will be back up on Docker's YouTube channel, usually within a couple of weeks. I don't have a quote on that, but if you missed DockerCon this year, don't worry. Some of the videos will, most of the videos, I think, would be on YouTube eventually. So, all right, so let's talk about stuff. Yeah, I have a question for you, Brett. Uh, What was your favorite session did you get it? Well, first, well, first of all, off, I did not go to any sessions. Because you've been working <laughs> really hard. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing all that stuff all week, like the rest of us. Like, Did you what, go to a session? I did. Yeah. Uh, Ian Coldwater, and she was talking about the Kubernetes CVE, like the... Uh, the uh, Oh, the vulnerability The vulnerability recently? that was recently mm-hmm. like discovered. I, w- I wasn't there the whole entire time, but uh, it was a great talk. And I, I can't wait to read the, uh, see the recording so I can get the last bit of it. But right. uh, she was a great speaker. And... Um, Laura Frank, uh, talking oh, with Ollie. Yes, yeah. that was awesome talking it again today. Yeah, yep. yep. And there was a lot of, I, you know, obviously it was a it was a packed room. She was saying it was standing room only, and so a lot of people, I think, we were talking about this the other night. A lot of people are wondering if like continuous integration and automated deployments are really like the next tech opportunity. It seems like there's startups happening. Mm-hmm. You know, companies are innovating and releasing new products to replace old products. Yeah. Like. Um, it's still a really hard thing. It looks like there's a there's a lot of uh, room for improvement. Uh, apparently, yeah. um, I know Laura working at CloudBees is in that space, but there seems to be a lot of activity this year. Yeah, and excited to see what comes out of that. Yeah, it's the ne- it's the next thing in the pipeline that slows things down. I guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's my theory. Uh, 
So we can get the programmable programming. Like this is like the next uh, thing. like like brain computer interface <laughs> they, right to the yeah they just write the programs for us. Yeah, you just think about it. That's the future. <laughs> think of <laughs> thinking an apps appear. Yes. You know how many you know how many Twitter clones we'd have if we could just think of an app and then it happens. Yeah, because we're all the centers of our universes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, we had workshops this week. Did you take any workshops, or were you, were you in any workshops? No, but I know that both of you uh, worked on a workshop. How'd yes. that go? We were in a we did a swarm workshop, and you know, great audiences both times. We actually did it twice, and uh, people were yeah. interested in swarm. There were some people in there that definitely knew Kubernetes, so they were in there to learn the differences and understand the differences. Uh, but there was a lot of people in there that it was like these are the enterprise companies, and they're just now getting to containers, right? So they're they're in there and. Several people came up at the end and said, "I'm just getting started in Docker." And then they came to a, they came to an orchestration workshop as their intro to mm. Docker, and they were like, "How do I get started with just Docker?" So I talked about my courses and other free resources that the captains provide. Um, but there's still a ton of people here that this is like their entry, this is their year to to start to looking at containers. A lot of us have been doing it for years and years, but yeah, and that's something we already uh, talked about a couple of times. Also at meetups, you see the same pattern. Um, like every time I ask when running a meetup, like who's new to this, like never touched Docker or barely touched Docker, there's always, always, almost 50% of the room entirely new. So it's yeah. a growing ecosystem, uh, I guess still at the infancy of, of containers and, and the whole, right. everything around that. It's, um, it's tricky to, you know, we've been working in this space for you know, some of us for almost six oh, years wow. now. And it's tricky to remember that there's so many beginners still. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> like, and that there always will be with yes, every technology, yes, right? Yeah, a certain yeah. percentage will always be new. Yeah. Someone out there is new to Windows NT and just starting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Windows NT. I, you're, throwing, you're doing a throwback right there. It is throwback Thursday. So, so. Somewhere out there, someone's fixing something on an ATM running Windows, running Windows NT. NT4. <laughs> Yep, with, with networking. With the start button. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so we have lots of announcements from this week. There is definitely a lot of product demos. Um, we saw everything from them demoing a new version of Docker Enterprise called 3.0 that's going to have a bunch of stuff in it that I can't even remember all. <laughs> They've got new command line options and plugins that are going to start adding functionality to Docker command line. Um, what was your... What was your exciting take away from the, the product demos and stuff? So, yeah, enterprise is not something I listen very carefully to because I'm not an enterprise customer. Right. Um, I think the... Um, <laughs> it was down here. No, um, so one probably exciting thing is the whole um, ARM announcement. Yeah. Where, uh, they're, well, first of all, um, announcing that they're, they partnered with ARM, the, um, how do you call that, uh, chip set manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like a licensee. Licensor. Yeah, the um, chip architects. Oh, man. <laughs> but then also, like, yeah, a lot of tooling around that to build your images, because it's another type of chipset. Your right. images need to be rebuilt specifically for that. Uh, so a bunch of tooling around that. There was something with, I, I couldn't pick it up very well, like Docker Jump where you can provision yeah. whatever instance type you like it looks yeah, like it looks like it provisioned instances yeah, yeah. which is a would be a, it looks like a command line plugin like along with, so there's docker app as a command line plugin there's docker uh, uh, what's the one that you uh, switch environments now um, oh um, context 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 i think yeah. that's a plugin um, we actually have it there was build x right build x which i think is a plugin why not? Why not just do this right on the fly? If you do a Docker command now, <laughs> the internet can't see this. But. Oh, there you go. You scroll down. There's all the new ones. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> there's app. There's a new Docker app command, a new Docker build x command, and those are plugins. And I think that's how you you can recognize the plugin. So I guess the jump was another plugin. Yep. Um, I felt like there was probably another plugin. And I, we, I don't, I don't know how to make plugins. I don't know how to put them in Docker, but evidently now it ships with them, some of them, and you can add more. Mm -hmm. So it would be interesting to have a Terraform plugin. And I don't really understand why, what, like, like everything is going into the Docker command line. So clearly, there's got to be some reason to put these things in the command line. 
Uh, I, I mean, instead of their own apps, you know, instead of their own. Command. Yeah, isn't yeah. that they're they're always like batteries included, but swappable right. yeah. kind of uh, yeah. mindset. Like, I think it starts in the command line, and then eventually, you know, that's the API, right? Right. Like right. then. Maybe it's it easier to write at some point, right? So maybe it's easier to add functionality at the CLI than it is yeah. to just write your own app that talks to the Docker engine. Uh, like uh, maybe that's the and also like before they integrate it completely wholesale into like Docker for Windows and Docker for right. Mac and things like that. Right. right. So maybe maybe it's plugins first and then they make it native. Yeah, maybe um, um, experiment. It's a lot of new stuff, so we're kind yeah. of, we're still yeah, yeah, wrapping yeah. our head around it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they just so if you're on the beta of Docker uh, Docker Desktop, you should see. Uh, as of the last day or two, they've updated and it's now have this new feature, new feature set on the Docker command line. So if you're interested in any of that, definitely check out the Docker desktop beta. And there was also um, managed, like there was a subscription service. Yep. And if you go to beta.docker.com, you can get some trial of beta. that. Beta.docker.com. And then on top of that, there was the, the ARM support mm -hmm. and the new BuildX tool to to use BuildKit to very easily do multi-platform builds. Yeah, that was uh, pretty neat to be able to just specify th like two or three different platforms in a single yeah. build command, and it builds them all concurrently. Like, yeah, was... like on like a laptop that isn't doesn't have that processor on it. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like magic. And if you do have that processor somewhere somewhere out there, you can have a builder out there, and it will delegate building to. Yeah, something that has that architecture, right. which is there was a lot packed into there. Right. I, I think it was it went it went so smoothly that I don't think anyone was like, uh, okay, that looked really pretty. <laughs> but I mean, does that mean eventually we're going to get to possibly like you could have a build farm, like a build cluster? Like if you can connect yeah, I mean, to remote environments what, that easily, then you just. I mean, uh, yeah, I think so. The the jump yeah. command was was like from a developer perspective an easy way of saying okay, I, I run on a Mac, so I don't have that chipset or that yeah. platform. Uh, so I provisioned something in AWS. Uh, I guess they're the only ones right now offering ARM kind of instances, ARM-backed yeah, instances. They, want, they, they, have they, um, they have their own yeah. architecture. So yeah. I mean, the reason yeah. you would go for those is for price cuts, I guess? I mean, as a normal yeah. developer, if you're not too worried about... or uh, Yeah, yeah they are cheaper instances. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's unique about them is that they're, they're not actually like super cheap. They're $18 a month. They start there. But they give you a full CPU. So unlike... Like if you compare them to C instances that are the really cheap ones, those um, are hyperthreaded. Those, yeah, those, you, those you get virtual, CPU credit, so you don't yeah. get a full CPU all the time, mm -hmm. and the ARM ones do. So yeah. if you're looking for like super low end, but you want to be certain you have a CPU, um, it's not a dedicated instance. It's not going to give you dedicated CPU. But it, but if you've ever tried to like run a swarm or something on the C3s, you learn very quickly that you run out of CPU credits, and then it actually it actually stops the the processor every so often to prevent. You from using overusing your credits, and that causes swarm problems yeah. because it needs that constant every second communication. Yeah. So you could build an ARM cluster on on which, swarm and just run a bunch which, of yeah, which is kind of a new idea, I guess, because there were ARM was usually like you know, Raspberry Pis and yeah. IoT devices that were, right. that was their yeah like main claim to fame. But now they're moving from the edge from IoT devices into the data center. So yeah. it's all I mean it's all still happening and, and we'll have to see how it turns out. But yeah, yeah after the announcement coming, yeah. After the announcement I didn't know anything about ARM in the data center. Like I knew that it was there but I didn't know why. And I started doing a bunch of reading and looking at stuff and it it seems to me like today the A one instances aren't if you're just looking for like price for processing calculations, like if you're just simply looking at for the workload I need to do, is this a cheaper per CPU cycle or however you want to look at the cost metric? Um, that the A1 chipsets that a, that they're making are not necessarily better than the price per computing power of a regular Intel. But evidently, there's a whole bunch of new ARM versions coming out that we expect new chipsets yep. I mean, that will yeah. su that supposedly will maybe up their game. So I mean, they're a lot. In other words, they're a lot slower. Than the Intel processors at most things, but they're cheaper. Yep. It just turns out that it's not it's not a no-brainer. It's not a linear exactly. Like, like you shouldn't just go do ARM because you think it's going to be cheaper for you overall. It might not be depending on your workload. So you have to kind of do your homework and yep. analyze the your workloads and what ARM is good at. The other thing about those A ones is they have up to ten gigabit networking. So for sixteen dollars or eighteen dollars a month, you get a dedicated CPU and really fast networking. So it might be good at like memory. And Amazon and designed intensive. those chips yeah. themselves. Yeah. So 
they're optimized for their yeah. environment, right? Yeah. So there might be some more, you know, security or other benefits that aren't We're not a one-for-one one relationship with the current with the Intel, yeah, because it's custom, custom, custom hardware. All the, yeah, exactly. So. I mean, and yeah. it's more it's more options for us, the customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always a good thing. Yeah, I think I think it definitely. What's up, Dino? Um, so, I think it's it's something that I, I think it's going to continue to expand, and we'll probably see uh, Azure put something on. Although they did, they had a talk last year for Azure, and someone got on stage at like an Azure conference from Microsoft and said, "We don't plan on putting ARM in the data center." I wonder if that's going to change now. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, they, they, well, they talked about how they have ARM in a whole lot of places, but they don't have it as like a compute offering because it doesn't really make sense. But now that this is all coming up, coming to fruition, it's like, yeah, maybe they're going to. That's probably going to change. I yeah, because they, well, they were talking about how like Microsoft partners with three different chip makers to make three different types of chips for them in ARM for all sorts of other things, yeah. but not necessarily for customers. I mean, they build hardware. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just like, yeah, just like and Google and... Yeah. yeah, so I'm sure they have a relationship with ARM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what was interesting to them is they were talking about it being, uh, they needed vendor... They didn't like sole sourcing issues. Like, in other words, Intel's the only one that makes an Intel chip, and they needed to be... To, uh, they needed to make sure that... If you know there's something problem with some problem with Intel, they, their data centers could still grow, and mm -hmm. that they had other options. So, um, all right. So what else? Enterprise uh, um, K3s. That's uh, another thing that I went to talk to yesterday. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. You talked so, about that. So um, yeah, the title was a bit misleading. It said something running Kubernetes at the edge, but uh, then the talk was about this newish uh, project by uh, Rancher, um, one of the yeah. Docker K3OS, um, no K3S. K3S. That was their, like that's their inception that's thing. The, that's so the, right, that's, that's Kubernetes the, minus five, like K8S right. minus five, K3S, and uh, their <laughs> idea, their idea is like Kubernetes from a yeah setup per perspective is a bit complex. Yeah, I think we can all agree to that, yeah. like a little yeah. bit. And they wanted to bring in the Docker Swarm idea of just running a couple commands and you have an entire multi-node cluster ready right. and that's K3S. So mm. it's very, like they stripped out a lot of stuff from yeah, the stock Kubernetes, okay. like plugins, beta feature, alpha features, like things you generally wouldn't use anyway in a production kind of environment. Uh, so they stripped it out entirely, made one binary, very, very lightweight. Um, and so you can So run is it run like as a single container? It runs as a as a binary. It doesn't run in a container. It oh, okay. runs your containers. Oh, okay. So it replaces Docker Engine then, maybe? Um, you get the choice. So uh, I think by default it uses ContainerD, mm -hmm. uh, but if you want to use Docker or any other right. um, any other run. So it's an extra host process that. Yeah, you just run uh, one node, Atrius agent Ooh. with the token coming from the server. Like, the Docker like Swarm way. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, on, on the agents, uh, you want to run, and, and that's it. Like, it's literally a minute of work to bring yeah. up a, a multi-node cluster. I tried to do it on Play with Docker, uh, but there's still some issue with Play with Networking Docker maybe. uses Docker in Docker. I'm yeah. getting a bit complex here, but there's still a bug. But uh, I talked to the yeah the, the guy who invented K3S yeah. uh, after his talk about this, and uh, yeah. They're aware of it and, and looking for a fix. Is there a reason not to use K3S for your Kubernetes? Like, I mean, I mean it is it, like, to me, it seems like what Docker is trying to do with Docker E yeah. eventually, right? Yeah, I was just wondering if something or something it couldn't do, like because they stripped all that stuff out besides oh, the alpha yeah. beta. Is there? Is it? Can you just run it on um, EC2 instances and like just go? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Production yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's that's that's. I think <laughs> the reason the title was uh, running Kubernetes at the edge is because they get. Probably being rancher being rancher yeah. question like how can we move it further out of our infrastructure closer yeah. to yeah, the things we have running in the field mm. um, and they said resources? yeah apparently yeah. they said like much more lightweight uh, and bring up yeah, nodes now, at the edge uh, the, the true test is if this K3S serves like eighty percent of the workloads right. Right. then what's the other like well that's the what's thing, all right? the other bloat right yeah, so yeah, that yeah. means that, that that's like an experiment of like uh, it's a it's an interesting experiment on right. the complexity of the Kubernetes ecosystem, yeah. And whether that's 
appropriate for normal workloads. Right. Yeah. Like, that, like if right? you maybe you, you can go to k3s.io. Um, so that's okay. that home page. Uh, kind of a list of what they stripped out, and then a couple of things they added, which sound like. Are they open sourcing that? Yeah, yeah it's oh, all yeah, open source. Yeah, yeah. Started as a joke, but then. <laughs> the GitHub stars went ballistic, and and now it's one of their most starred projects, so even it's, above it's, Rancher OS. So it's kind of like they're, it's not even Minikube. It's better, no, it's more robust than that. No, uh, it's indeed it's multi. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. multi node, and there are already kind of offspring projects K3D, which is for the D stands for development, and that I think tries to replace uh, Minikube. Minikube. Interesting. Um, so, so scrolling down oh, okay. a little bit. Huh. Why, what this is? What is this? <laughs> okay, so here here um, is a list of the things they oh, removed. And it, it works on ARM. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Storage drivers, cloud <laughs> providers, Docker. Yeah. Okay. Entry storage. So this is like this is like if you took a car today, and then you really all you needed was a thing to move you. Yeah. And you just took off all the parts yep. that you weren't you didn't actually yeah. need to like move you. Seats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Rear view really, mirrors. We don't really. <laughs> you only radios, climate control, yeah. like ten speakers, surround sound, like yeah, uh, you know, bu bucket seats, yeah, 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 all that stuff. You take all that out, and you you still you, you have still got like two thirds or a third of the thing, yeah. and you can still get there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So Interesting. I, I, um, That's something to track, huh? I think I remember when I, I saw his <laughs> tweets about it, and um, I was like, "Is this real? <laughs> is this? Is, am I being punked?" <laughs> no, no, no. It's so real. it's a single binary. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, you just download it, like no install whatsoever. So this is what's interesting is like I mean all the all the original the founders right of Kubernetes keep talking about how it was a thing meant to help you build other things on top of it, and what if this was actually the thing, like what if this became the default deployment methodology yeah. instead of the the raw upstream. There, there's been. And I'm I'm no expert of the politics of the Kubernetes ecosystem. Yeah. But that has been a source of constant contention of yeah. what's in and what's out, and what gets in and what gets out of that ecosystem. Sure. What where that line is has moved, and is actively being debated in that community. Right. What don't we solve? What problems? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, jury's still out, obviously, and probably forever. Yeah. But. It's a valid thing. It's good that there's an ecosystem around that. I mean, this is why open source works. That Rancher can fork it and then say, you know what? Let's experiment with actually removing, going on one extreme. Right. And then there's other folks in the Kubernetes community that want to go the other way, right? Yeah. And add as much. Have everything. Yeah. Right? So they want to replace all their systems. With <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what Kelsey uh, Kelsey Hightower had a good tweet where he was like, if there was ever, if if Kubernetes was ever going to fail, it was going to fail because it tried to do too much. And that's yeah. an interesting And problem. so this is kind of a proof point yeah. on that, right? <laughs> yeah, and maybe it doesn't ever fail. Maybe it just means that the upstream becomes less common as the raw yeah. raw way to deploy it. And then you just end up with all these distributions. Like very few people actually build their own kernel and then manually download yeah, yeah, yeah. you know their own packages. They usually yeah. use a distribution. Yeah. That wasn't always the case, but now maybe with this we'll have even less people choosing to do the raw raw installation. Well it's very cool. And I was, and I did not realize that there was a session on it. I wouldn't have no, been able to make either, it. No, <laughs> The title was completely off. But so yeah, we'll probably have to have um, another discussion once that video comes out. We can all watch the, yeah. the video yeah, and learn yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, it's uh, definitely one of the more interesting projects uh, in the Kubernetes world. Right. In my yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I would say that the main thing at DockerCon this year is a focus on the developer. It's we haven't has uh, even though we just spent the last ten minutes talking about Kubernetes. Yeah. Um, that wasn't really the focus, I think, of this year's DockerCon. Right. It was more about the developer user experience for sure. Less about orchestration, more about yeah. developer workflows. Which I think is really you know the user experience for the developer is where the exciting things are happening and yeah. where the main pain point is after you've gotten all this stuff running. Right. right? How do I actually work on something that's beyond hello world and one container right on my laptop synchronized to an, an environment right yeah. so there was a lot of focus on that a lot of features in docker for windows docker for mac in terms of uh new ways of deploying your full application locally yeah. 
and in a more easier way. Templating, right? Templating, like templating was a, Docker yeah, automation workflows, right. like all the yeah. themes of the whole show, and really. Underneath some of that is that uh, cloud native application bundle, and uh, which for I would say ninety percent of the people watching, at least <laughs> at least ninety nine percent of the people watching, it's not really relevant no. to their day to day, but the standard that's being developed has the potential to be an underlying way of packaging up complex yeah. pipelines plus the actual all the containers that you need to build to run your application right. and move that around as a package as a unit right. um, so i think there's going to be a lot of new features that come out in the future around the developer experience that underneath are powered by these powered by these, these things that are, yeah. that are working on now yeah so that the, the the configuration files can move around and different tools can use them in different ways yeah, yeah that would be cool um, all right, we'll take a couple of questions since we've got uh, a lot of people waiting patiently for a while now. Um, so I guess get updated. Um, Warp has a question about Jenkins, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to build it. We're not going to be able to answer that. Um, you're talking, you're asking about uh, rebuilding images and updating all the plugins while building. The plugins get updated through though. They should be in the volume that's not, not affected. Um, yeah, I'm not going to, unfortunately, I'm not going to have any advice for that one. Sorry about that. I would reach out to Laura Taco on that one. <laughs> that's right. Docker Captain Laura Taco. Yeah. <laughs> T-A-C-H-O. Cheers from Germany. Hello. Uh, someone from North Carolina. What? Your backyard. Hey. Um... Uh, Josh says, my, uh, my company has a NUC server. Should I use Docker machine to create three swarm nodes or use create <laughs> or use create one node with the default Docker install? Any resources, tips on LAN Docker? Um, Long live Docker machine. Docker machine. Yeah, so a NUC, uh, a NUC is a NUC server. I didn't know that NUC, there was NUC servers. I, I know of NUC as the gaming machine, right, from Intel? Sure. Is, is that like, no, the simple little box yeah. you just put in like a hard drive and you have a, yeah, it's like a fully fledged computer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you have one of those, has one, or A, should I use Docker Machine to create three swarm nodes or use create one node with a default Docker install? So if you're trying to use this on your network, then if it's, if it's only one physical piece of hardware, I would say just one machine inside it. Yeah, yeah, yeah one swarm node. Clear in the question, like, yeah. Why would you do a multi-node if you just have one? Yeah, and I think that's what he's asking. Like, is is that should he do that on one physical node? Maybe, hmm. just because like you could then uh, take down one of the V. Like, if you had multiple VMs on that thing, right? Uh, it's it, a it pretty small box. So it, I don't oh, know. If it? You, uh, yeah, I indeed, guess you could yeah. run virtual machine. I guess if you're running virtual machines, then yes, you could technically use Docker Machine to yeah. spin up a swarm cluster yeah. on that one box. But it's going to be. So if I it's, mean, if it's do it in the winter time because it's going to warm up your room, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> if it's just a piece, single piece of hardware running Linux like Ubuntu yeah. directly, then I wouldn't make any virtual machines. Like uh, I would just yeah, make just it on the Docker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what he's asking. Maybe yeah. that's what he means. Just creating one node with the default Docker install yeah, on yeah, the host OS. Yep. Yeah, I would do yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Although you don't get the, well, hell checking you do, but like. You say I want to run this service, three replicas. Yeah. Then you need Swarm, right? Yeah. But you can right. still. No, he could definitely do a Docker Swarm on but that just piece of hardware, but it would just yeah. be a one node. Yeah. 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 That's what I. Yeah. Try that. <laughs> that answers your question. Um, any resources on Rexray? Tried using it with mm. Docker Machine, VirtualBox on a NUC server. Oh, this is back to the NUC. No luck. Ended up using NFS4 without Docker Machine. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is Dino, our speaking, special guest. Speaking of T Rexes and Rex Ray, is that all, so what do you think about Docker? It's fantastic. All right, but sometimes we gotta uh, be willing to shed the prehistoric things. Okay, Some, prehistoric things. Yep. We have. All right. Does anyone? Uh, does any, let me ask you a quick question, sure. personal question, if that's okay. Uh, does anyone make fun of your small arms? No. No. Not at all. Okay, they're very nice here. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. 
<laughs> that was. <laughs> what? So we have the the maker of DockerCon, essentially yep. the yes. behind the scenes Mother here. DockerCon. <laughs> uh, I, I think this is the tenth. This is the tenth DockerCon that she has organized. Whoa. I believe. Which, if anyone out there has ever organized a an event larger than two hundred people, yeah, uh, can imagine what it's like managing ten events over the last six years yeah. for thousands of people in multiple locations around the world. Uh, it's no small feat, and Ashlyn's awesome at doing it. Yes, and we owe her a huge thank you for all the wonderful things that we get every year yeah. in terms of hallway track and food. And like when you see it behind the scenes, you just realize it's crazy. Yep. <laughs> thank you, Ashlyn. And thanks for being here. So back, <laughs> back to the question uh, Rex Ray. Rex Ray, Gluster FS, Rex Ray. Um, so. I don't know what the works. yeah I don't know <laughs> what the current status of Rexray is, but um, if you if you really want to get a solid answer on this on the Rexray, reach out to Jonas Rosalind. He's one of the original kind of uh, forces behind Rexray. Yeah, uh, worked on uh, what was that called again? Um, oh, I forgot it. Catalyst, the code catalyst, catalyst, code yeah. catalyst which was a project <laughs> there. So. Uh, I don't, I, the re reason I'm hesitating on answering that one is yeah. I don't know what the status of so, like yeah, how yeah. maintained that and project well, is and, right now. And, yeah, and certain drivers have certain issues, and yeah. I know that like in open source, not everything is bug free, right? I mean that's yeah. sort of typical. So uh, I've heard people tell me that they have problems with the Rexray driver in Azure, but I know people that use the AWS driver fine. I use the DigitalOcean driver, and it works fine. But I've had people tell me they've had issues with DigitalOcean driver. Like yeah. so, it's one part cloud storage. Like the cloud storage vendors have to make the driver work with Rexray, or they have to provide something because usually some random community member isn't going to just completely create a storage driver for a, a cloud storage that you know it yeah. doesn't happen that often. So it's usually we're they're waiting on someone else. So <clears throat> isn't Gluster FS isn't is that the one that's done? Like they're, are they? <laughs> I remember there was a storage no, driver thing that went away. Like they no, you mean stopped. Gluster HQ? But I think. Oh, I haven't okay. read the question, but it's Gluster with a G, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's another project. So that's a bit more old school. Well, old school. I yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, that's a file synchronization. So yeah, indeed. Yeah. So it's, it's not really native to the container or orchestrator world, but it could work. Like you could have a file system that's kind of shared on all your right. Swarm or Kubernetes nodes, and then yeah, containers yeah. running on, on every node can access that file system. Like, Together, so right. it's kind of a which is a different type of solution than just a storage driver to get you yeah, storage like, off like the server. I think I'm also not super familiar with Rexray, but I think there's there's um, <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, I guess what they do, for instance, if you're in AWS, like they they have your data volume follow your containers, like yeah. they they reattach it to the nodes yeah. that container is running on. While Gluster is more. I guess you can compare it to Amazon's EFS, yeah. like a, a big hard drive that's accessible from from every instance that uh, that exists. Um, like Ceph, is it similar to Ceph? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, there's yeah. there's different solutions to, in a way, uh, get to the same. So same. So end yeah. Goal, so Rexray and Gluster are two different things. This might be a Docker machine thing. And yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Docker machine. I wouldn't use Docker machine because Docker machines that are, that are created in VirtualBox are tiny little VMs that aren't really full OSs. I mean, they don't have like Ubuntu installed. So that's the first thing I would look at is, yeah, your, your OS might be the wrong one. Um, yeah, someone's talking about the quality. Sorry, we're conference Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully the audio makes it through at least. Um, all right, question about server on a local network. The so stack has Grafana on GitLab. How could you provide DNS on the local network? They use the same IP but have different ports. Is this possible? Um, how could you provide DNS in the local network? Well, typically your DNS is going to be somewhere else, and you would update that and point DNS entries to the, the servers where your containers are running. So I don't, I don't see how Grafana and GitLab are related to DNS. Um, you're going to need to update that somewhere else. I don't know if you're asking if there's a built-in feature of containers to update DNS, but there's not. So. Uh, <clears throat> the answer to that is proxies. 
run a proxy, have yeah. a DNS server yeah. with records mm -hmm. pointed to that proxy, and then use something like traffic that automatically configures the proxy with whatever containers like GitLab and Grafana you have, yeah. and it automatically manages the ports and all that stuff, and uh, mapping of routes to those containers specifically. Yeah. Yeah. There's also Core DNS, another CNCF yeah. uh, project. Uh, I know yeah, getting back to K3S, but that's one of the things they added in. So they, they stripped yeah. out a bunch of stuff, but oh, then okay. added in like other features they thought, why is Word this necessary. not in Kubernetes? Right. Okay. <laughs> so Cordian, uh, uh is one of them. Uh, flannel also, but no. But that, that, that does that only provide uh, DNS resolution inside the cluster? I think so, yeah. Kind of like what like, Docker Networks yeah, did. Yeah. You still need a proxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, the outside. A, from the outside world, yeah, there's you need other like ingress yeah. solutions, but okay. I think within your cluster, that could be a solution. Helps you, okay. yeah, yeah. Helps you get around. Yeah, not very educated answer, but <laughs> someone asked, "Do we have auto scaling in Docker 3.0?" Um, well, on the That's Kubernetes a question that came up a lot, like also in in the workshop about Swarm, like auto scaling yeah. still seems like well, because Kubernetes does provide some of that out of the box. It's like I think I people guess, expect yeah. that other things are going to do that. So I think the answer is Swarm hasn't changed. Like if you're, I'm not really sure what you're asking about Kubernetes Swarm, Docker Run, like Docker EE versus CE, like what what, what the question is. But I can uh, Kubernetes in Docker Enterprise does does still have auto scaling built in, so you can do that. Swarm does not. So, and that hasn't changed. Out of the box. That, that was as, as far as we know, it hasn't yeah, changed. That didn't change before 3.0, and I don't believe that's changed in 3.0. Yeah, I don't know. There's not anything they mentioned today about that, and we don't actually have the beta of 3.0 yet, Correct. so we can't really play with it. I also think, like, like all the, doing these things, like load balancing. Um, no, sorry. Um, auto. What was the word? Auto scaling. Auto scaling. Auto -scaling. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's. I think a bit misunderstood because it's it's really hard to get something to auto scale correctly. Yeah. yeah. It's not just let's look at some CPU and 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 yeah. memory uh, graphs and and when they hit a certain threshold, add some right. stuff in because that's no. usually like there's a reason your CPU is going up. So you just you know, yeah. Yeah, unless you're already I, I think in that problem. Like, um, anytime you talk about <clears throat> scaling automatically in any kind of direction, and you have data. That's a you. You first have to tackle your application thing. Yeah. Like how your application is going to handle, and your and your load balancers, and how you're going to handle state and transactions. Um, it sounds nice to be like, oh, there's a button. Let me just click auto scaling, and that's going to solve this problem for my application. Right. That's not true. Right. It's just a way to make more copies of whatever you want. You're telling it I'll make more copies of this thing, but your application has to handle. Right. Yeah, what yeah, that yeah, means, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah, yeah, you can which just, is still the hardest problem. Right, <laughs> and you probably move the problem because you can yes. add more application yeah. containers or, or nodes with with containers. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, you you move that extra workload to your database, who suddenly can't handle all those connections of the new yeah. containers, yeah. and so yeah, it it's not to me. It's not just a feature of an orchestrator. Like yes. it's something yeah. you need to think about and and yes. how it. Yeah. How it applies to it's your, a hard problem. Your even application, if you had, your yeah, company. even if you had the feature in the orchestrator, which you can do it with Swarm, you just need to add something else on top of it, like Prometheus, to monitor and then talk yeah. to the API. Right. For one one very cool example I, I once heard at a conference was a, a British company called U-Haul, a bit Uber, let's say, uh, kind of taxi yep. hauling yep. Uh, service, who auto scaled based on the weather. So they had API calls yeah, to a weather is, service. Yeah. So oh, it's going to rain in London now. We need to. Already up. warm up some some notes and and, and more application containers because we're gonna yeah we're gonna, gonna be more, swamped otherwise. So more traffic. That's that's like that's a pretty very cool. specific auto scaling solution yeah. for and for that's their, a journey for their business. <laughs> that's a journey yeah, yeah. to get to. Like you don't yeah. just turn that on in a day. No, like, no, no, you, no, you have no. to solve a lot of problems to get there. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Uh, um, good question though. Uh, can you, let's see. Can you make the yeah, look. Yeah. Oh, he's answering, answering, the he's answering a question. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Warp, for answering those questions. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's... hello, uh, 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 Kylix. Hello. hello. He's somewhere. He's behind us. <laughs> he's hanging out. Um... Oh. 
trying to evaluate. I'm trying to evaluate Docker Desktop Enterprise, and I can't find it anywhere, even if I am subscribed to beta for a long time. Is there any additional link available? No. I haven't, I haven't seen a public beta of Docker Enterprise Desktop, so I don't, I don't know that it and exists yet. We haven't yet. gotten access to it as yeah. captains yet. So. so, yes, we don't have it, which means you probably <laughs> are going to have it yet. Yeah. And we don't know. And we don't know. Yeah, yeah we don't know when it's going to ship. We haven't been. Can you test it before even talking to Docker? Like, is, is there a download of like or first? Yeah, I think he's saying it's like he's been signing up on beta. Like last year, they announced the betas and they people signed up for them because they announced desktop GUIs a year ago at Docker. De oh Docker yeah, true, yeah. Last year, but they did mention them during the keynote again. Yeah, and then, they, and then I, I don't know if they mentioned them in. I, I feel like they announced it at Barcelona. Yeah, they announced it. I don't know if they said that there's a beta sign up, but they announced it. So now they've announced it to get again, and there's a beta sign up, but we don't have bits. So hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let <laughs> us a, know soon is the best we can give you. Um, uh, love the chopstick mic. I'm glad you recognize the chopstick mic. Getting more professional every year. That's right. Yes. That's right. Uh, uh, you're welcome, Josh. Hope those answers helped you. Yeah. How do we best contact the Docker captains? Almost always on Twitter. Yeah. Like, I think every captain is on Twitter. And also on the Docker community Slack. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the captain's page with everyone's Twitter handle, yep. email. Yes. I think most of our DMs Long. are open. Yeah. I, I think imagine. if you just go to docker.com slash captains, it gives you a list of all the captains, and I believe it has links to all their yep. information there. And so. where they live in. <laughs> yeah, maybe where they live. Maybe yeah. their country or their yeah, yeah, at the least country, their company. Yeah, at least yeah, yeah, not, not time the zone. Yeah. Some yeah. kind of time no. zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'd, but I'd say most of us are Twitter. So, I mean, no. obviously there's lots of Brett Fishers on Twitter. There's probably lots of you all on Twitter. Sure but the Brett but Fisher. when you go to our profiles, you can actually see that there's activity <laughs> and that you, we say Docker about 100 times a minute. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right. Um... Yep. Oh, yeah. Ray's, Ray's in there. Ray's doing it. <laughs> don't, don't tell him my DMs are open. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Twitter well, community if, Slack. If you abuse the DMs, they close. So don't yeah. abuse the DMs. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you can always say no, delete. Yeah. Um, all right, so we don't have any more. We're caught up in the chat questions, so uh, if you have one last question, get those in. We'll take those at the very end. Uh, anything else this week that you want to talk about as we wrap this up? No, I think, um, I mean, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I think one area in the future to take a look into, if you're curious about this, this the evolution of this ecosystem is uh, service meshes. I think are going to be coming a thing next year uh, yeah. or later this year. And they're pretty complicated. So like Instio is the main open source kind of service mesh application. Uh, if you're a little bit masochistic and curious, uh, definitely ch check it out and see what that provides you. Or I, I saw this tweet. Was it the same guy who built K3S? I don't know. Like someone who said install Linkerd, which is another service mesh yeah. offering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that you that will give you enough time to then spend nine months on understanding Istio. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have good quotes? Do you have like a solid quote that we heard? Uh, like any? Oh, from the week. From yeah, the, from from the week. week. Um, <laughs> sprinkle pods. <laughs> sprinkle pods. Sprinkle pods. Yeah, that's, all. Uh, that's uh, I think that's the code name for Docker Desktop Enterprise, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So when we see when we see sprinkle pods, that'll be. I mean, they have a, a logo and everything, so it's got to be a real thing. Now. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> no comment. So we know we know that next year's DockerCon is in Austin. That was at some point announced, I, I believe. Either that, or I'm breaking the news. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, so can they, we talk about? I, I, yeah. no, I, I really. So don't know. we'll 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 be back here. In I the think there was an accidental like on one of the billboards here, like the electronic yeah. billboards. Oh, is it posted downstairs? Okay, yeah. Oh, so it's gonna be. Oh, Austin okay, next okay. Year. Then, yeah. yeah. So it's Austin next year. Nice. But there's no EU. This year? Right. So yeah, there's supposed to be regional, regional events, yeah. but we don't know when those are. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like the AWS summits, they're called, I guess. Like they. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those like they those do things. A few in Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you gonna be at the Fed summit? Yes. In DC, when is that? Oh, so it's not a Fed summit. It's actually now a regional event. So, so that so, uh, so if you're in the Washington DC area, and we're gonna be in Tyson's Corner, um, 
29th of May, right? So 29th of May, there's a Docker regional event in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. That's near Washington, D.C. in the U.S. So uh, there'll be at least two or three captains there doing stuff. And talks all day, essentially. It's like a mini DockerCon event. Okay. Um, and then they'll suppose that they did one in Atlanta a couple of months ago, and they're supposedly going to be doing the Docker's event website. It might be events.docker.com, I believe. And see if there's events in your area. Isn't that the meetup? It's, the, it's both, I thought. Oh, okay. Like maybe, yeah. You might be right. It might. Yeah. They might not list everything on that site. But. Another thing we discussed, I guess, during the Captain Stingy, like yeah, where to send people to. There's to a find slag, stuff. There's yeah. there's a forums. Yeah. There's Stack Overflow. There's lots, there's lots of things. There's <laughs> yeah. the docs. There's. How can I? Uh, we uh, is that Melind, uh, Sardana. Uh, we just discussed uh, auto scaling and. There is uh, so if you want to auto if you want to do auto scaling on yeah. Swarm, you have to have something that triggers that that you trigger the event that makes your that tells Swarm yeah. to scale it. In fact, uh, Alex Ellis I think actually put out a really simple example. If you just Google Docker Swarm Prometheus auto scale, uh, he shows a simple example of doing that. There's also something else called uh, Orbiter. Which is it? Orbiter? Yeah. Open, it's such an open, small open source project by a captain um, that does some of the auto scaling stuff in Swarm automatically for you. Um, for Node auto scaling, I just recommend AWS's auto scaling groups, like or you know your cloud of choice with however they do physical Node auto scaling, and and you can spin up new nodes. The only the, the thing is with auto scaling in any case, the, the hard part is turning off. Like scaling down is way harder than yeah, scaling up, and your application needs to be able to handle yeah, that. Like just yeah. throwing more resources <laughs> at a problem doesn't necessarily yeah. solve yeah. it. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, because once you have a bunch of web connections to a website, let's, let's and reiterate then, that one more time. Auto scaling doesn't magically make your application better. No, yeah. indeed, it's not just a button you switch <laughs> not that, on. It not that we're think not that we're going trying to talk them out of auto scaling. No, 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 no. not at all. But it's it feels like people think it's just an on and off switch, yeah. and it's definitely yeah, for, not. yeah. And that's a, a big thing about databases too. Is like even just setting up a database in a container is much easier than doing it regular. Like it, yeah. like orchestration doesn't help you deploy applications. That are that are persistent data, like they don't set up database clusters or database mirroring or anything like that. So, for those of you watching and we're talking about auto scaling, realize that orchestration doesn't really go that deep into an application. So, it doesn't know Postgres from MySQL from, you know, Redis. It just knows there's an app running in a container. So, unless we have what are those um, extensions on Kubernetes that you can have custom deployment? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, the deployment configs? No, no, no. The, the, the um, resource. Uh, uh, CRDs. CRDs, yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's CRDs for that. No. Not that smart. So. <laughs> we need someone that knows that. Or K3s. Yeah. Um, all right, so it looks like we've caught up on all questions. Is there a promo code for the Tyson's event? I do not believe so. Uh, I'm not aware of one. I haven't given us one. Um, John, reach me out on, on, reach me on Twitter and uh, at Brett Fisher, and I will ask the people. That run the event. Yeah. So if there's a the promo code. Great. Yeah. So I saw we're looking at you, Docker. Make a T-shirt, Docker and Show. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, DockerCon. What was that quote? It was like uh, a deep. A deep oh, it, you were you was a it was a tweet, right? In one of yeah, the sessions. Yeah, here, here it is. It's uh, we replaced our monolith with microservices so that every outage could be more like a murder mystery, <laughs> which I thought. It was great. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Inspector Clouseau. I'm the Inspector Clouseau of my container cluster. Oh, that, that, that's another thing. So distributed tracing is going to be another big thing, I yeah. think. Um, and that means you have all these microservices now. You have all these containers. How do you actually debug? How do you, how do you track a transaction all the way through? Yeah, how do you know where those pain points that uh, Nils was talking about, how do you know where they are? Yeah. <laughs> and so distributed tracing is that technology. So that CICD. Distributed tracing. Service mesh, distributed tracing. Yes. Like the, three, yeah. the three big things. And auto-scaling, apparently. <laughs> and auto-scaling. <laughs> if you don't have it, if you, you always want it. It's kind of like orchestration in general. Yep. Everyone makes you think you need it. So, yeah. Very few of my customers actually auto-scale. So. Yeah. In fact, I, don't, I think maybe one. I, um, I, I've seen auto-scaling 
on like the very front end yeah to kind of just have more things that queue up stuff right right but at the end of the day there's always a bottleneck yeah, yeah. uh and yeah. you could just be killing the database that might just be the thing <laughs> yeah. you're doing yeah. yeah or if you have like static stuff then you then you can scale that yeah but not many people have and now we have cdns for that so it's like uh if you need yeah. to have static stuff you just exactly. use somebody else's yeah and CDN. you're probably it's probably just a ddos anyway you're not that popular so <laughs> like <laughs> you suddenly don't have new traffic, right? Just right. kidding. Unless it's unless you're unless you're a holiday company, yes. Tra- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. there are valid use cases, but, and there are ways. Think of auto scaling in the orchestrator as a tool to do an action that you that an applic- your application would have to know how to interact with. Okay. Does that make sense? I guess. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. It, it's a tool. It's yeah. not a solution. Yeah. Right. Especially if you have legacy apps. They're usually the least auto-scaling friendly. <laughs> like when they, have, when they need cookies and persistent connections and like all that stuff. Yeah. Auto-scale monolith yeah. right here. Right. <laughs> or WordPress. Word, WordPress doesn't auto-scale. <laughs> right. I'm going to tweet that. Right. <laughs> WordPress doesn't auto-scale. Well, thank you so much for joining our auto-scaling show. Um, <laughs> we'll be na- back here next week. With the uh, service mesh show, no. Yeah. This Actually, is a Docker Captain replica of two, or replica. Of three yes, set, where right? we are in quorum, we <laughs> yes. have we have three nodes. <laughs> yes. Um, so we will be. I will be back on the internet live next Thursday as usual. In case you've ever been to the show before, it happens every week. So click like and subscribe on the video, and click that little dinner, dinner bell thing so you get notified when we go live, and so you can watch the and ask, come back and ask questions next time. Uh, we will not be at DockerCon next week because it'll be over. But uh, we will all see each other at a future Docker event. So real quick, tell everybody where you are on the internet so they can get a hold of you. Um, for me, it's Twitter. And What's at, your Twitter and handle? It's very... Du- people aren't going to be... Spell it. To- Spell it for the people. N-D-E-M-O-O-R. N-D-E-M-O-O-R. <laughs> Let's put it in the chat. Let's do a harmony. <laughs> yeah, three part harmony. Thank you again, Brett, for having me on your, uh, having us on yeah, your yeah. live Q and A. Uh, you you can find me on the internet at Normal Faults. So that's N O R M A L F A U L T S. I'm Normal Matha, and uh, if you like having me with Brett, uh, having me on Brett's show, uh, let yeah, let the folks it. know. <laughs> let the people know. <laughs> let the people know. Yeah, give it a thumbs up, and we'll we'll decide whether we have enough Ooh, thumbs up to get you back. I'm leaving, a, I'm leaving it to the internet. <laughs> and I'm at Brett Fisher, B-R-E-T-F-I-S-H-E-R. Hey, it's, it's on the channel name, so like yes. you know. Uh, and I yeah, and I talk on the internet. I'll see you next time. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>